Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Evan, you know it's December now, right? Mustaches are coming back. I no. I foresee it. No, there's no way Kat yeah. is letting you get away with that. She's like, I like your beard better. I was like, I don't care. That's all I said. We so, went snowboarding yesterday and having the snow just coat on my duster was the best. And it made me realize oh that. Oh my God. That is the most Evan thing that's ever been said on this podcast. And <laughs> I realized I want a mustache all the time. So this is just Evan now. I hope so. As if generic six foot one athletic dude didn't already look exactly like Evan. He's just blended it even more now. Yeah. I did a trial run at work on Friday and no one really uh, was like, what the hell's going on? So... If you, can't, if you can't outdo Gardner Minshew, you're not allowed to grow a mustache. Doesn't he have handle, uh, like... Yeah, like, yeah. push your handlebars. Oh, yeah. Evan, I'm I not... can't do that. I'm I, not seeing any patches there, Evan. You could do that. Yeah. I, uh... It, it gets disgusting. I sometimes, for gets? fun, I'll leave that. <laughs> I'll leave that, and I'm like, I can't walk out in public looking like this. I look like the sheriff. This, uh... This is 30... This is 31 days of beard growth. Um, I'll just like clean up my neck. Are you going to shave? So it's like for when the next Red Wings win. Yeah. You have, you've sh- the last time you shaved was the last game they won. I'll shave the next Red Wings regulation win. <laughs> May- wait, no, let's have fun with this. I will shave the next time the Red Wings score. The next time the Red Wings have a three goal lead, which fun and- fact, they have not had one yet this year. Oh and they have to God. win that game. Yeah. Yes. They have to close it out because that three-goal lead with this team means nothing. I will grow out this beard until the Red Wings have a three-goal lead and win the game. Oh, this could get bad. How long should I leave my mustache then? Same thing? Until we win the draft lottery. Oh, God. So this could be years. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's not possible. So uh, we actually have moved into the house. So yesterday was move-in day. Uh, We got everything out of the apartment into the house. It's not unpacked, mind you. We had a small... Uh, plumbing issue where we found a leak, like a leak was coming in from somewhere, and so we had to halt the f- finishing renewing the washroom. So currently, we are without uh, shower and mirrors. <laughs> so I don't know what I look like today. Oh man, I'm on I mean, you right can now. literally use our shower while you're here. I don't care. Don't you go to the gym? No, I've been renovating a house for the month, but that's yeah, that's you can my just plan. Go to the I'm, just there. I'm gonna go to the gym. And don't shower. use the blow dryers though. Old men do disgusting things with those. Well, and there's women listening. What possibly could they do with those? I bet it's the same thing the old women do. Yeah, you know, How, he's not wrong. However bad you think it is, I promise it's worse. I wish I had the confidence that old people do it ha- that they have in locker rooms. <laughs> I wish I had that confidence. When you do, you know you've made it in life. Yeah. Yeah, when you see old dudes at like private racket clubs in a sh- in a shower room it is abs- it's disturbing best part is like uh locker rooms typically don't have a door they just have like that uh 180 degrees walkway but like you you walk in and then you can see the whole locker room so like it's not exactly a private part and then you look in it and you see private parts because they're just you know they don't really everywhere care. i mean it can't be worse any worse than a, a hockey change room just in st- the age demographic changes i think it's worse yeah. oh it's worse because of the age demographic. <laughs> oh, it's way worse. And with that, welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Crisco. I am the sheriff. That's yeah. You know, I'll, I'll take, I'd take that one. Yeah. I thought you were <laughs> winking at first, but you're just scratching your butt. Yeah. <laughs> the other day, I was in the gym squatting, and something popped in my back. Oh yeah. It doesn't hurt, 
But every so often, I'm just like, that doesn't feel right. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be good in five years. Yeah, we'll just we'll just play it by ear. So for, please don't say pop around me. You guys, uh, you guys should um, timestamp this and make a note of this episode because in three years, when Evan starts, when Evan misses five episodes because he has back surgery, you can pinpoint the exact <laughs> moment his life fell apart. Me and Tiger Woods, same time having back surgery. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened in Tiger's career, right? Just yep. back surgery. Yeah, nothing else. No, it wasn't the the ten year anniversary of the. The accident just passed. Yeah, it was on Thanksgiving. Yep. It happened on Thanksgiving? Yeah. Oh. Well, Ameri- a Freedom Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, man. Red Wings fans had a rough Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, like, can I just go on record saying American Thanksgiving is infinitely better than Canadian Thanksgiving? 100%. I'm still rattled about this. 100%, but I'm happy we have both. Do they get two yeah. days off of work? Yeah. Wow. They get right? a four-day weekend. Wow. That's Wait. amazing. Hold on. They get a four-day weekend? I assume Don't so, because they they're, they're not going to get Thursday off and go back to work, because that would be asinine. Yeah, I think they get Thursday, Friday. Oh, God. They have it made. we got to do our stupid three-day weekend, and then ours is on Monday, so if we plan on doing any Oktoberfesting that weekend, we're just going to Aunt Mabel's hungover, and the family <laughs> judges you. You're throwing up in the bathroom. <laughs> this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast is brought to you by Labatt. We want you to celebrate with Labatt Blue and the Detroit Red Wings all season long. Find your specially designed cases of Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light at your local retailer to hashtag Celion with Labatt and Evan's horrific mustache. Keep your eyes peeled for lim- limited edition cans, uh, team cans, Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light, official Canadian beers of the Detroit Red Wings, and both Thanksgivings. All right, the Red Wings, since our last episode, uh, have continued to suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the game description. Moving on. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've just been like writing notes and like keeping notes during games. I'm like, what's the point? What is the point of saying Heronic looked good on the pot? Like, what is it? this team blows right now. <laughs> it all sucks. The same kind of suck. The highlight of my week of I'm like, because I was literally looking for silver linings. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to look at some performances over this recent stretch and like see what what positive stats jumped out. Do you know the most positive stat I could find that wasn't related to Robbie Fabry? The Red Wings got blown out in two games back to back last weekend. I think it was the Philly and the Toronto one. And Philip Zadina managed to be an even. That was my like, oh, wow, that's impressive. That's yeah. the bar. Have you ever seen a guy get his hat trick? With two empty net goals, have you ever seen that? Uh, no, it happened. I haven't. I'm seen sure it has, but I don't. I can't remember the last time I saw it specifically. Yeah, you know what though? I, I'm I'm very much in the camp of I want Ovi to get Gretzky's record, so I was absolutely on board with it. Oh, the Red Wings are on board with it too. Yeah, they should have pulled Bernier again after that. Just yeah. give give him four. If anybody needs a, a Thanksgiving weekend off, it's that guy. Jonathan Bernier is either going to be a martyr or have severe PTSD by the end of this season. He's not going to be able to look at a puck without just like running away, crying, curling up in his bed and not moving for four days. Uh, From November 23rd to November 30th, the Red Wings collective goal differential is four, negative six, negative 12, negative 17, negative 20. That's a week. In a week. In seven days, five games, they lost by an average of four goals That's per like game. three goals a day, even if they're not playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as we're sitting here right now, the Red Wings just gave up three goals. Uh, they scored... Their, their what? Total goal differential is negative 53, and they are on pace to have the worst goal differential in over 20 years. Did I, I saw that, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah, that's what Prashant Historic there. is what you mean. They have scored in those five games... 
four goals. How many <laughs> does Robbie Fabry have? Two of them, right? I think yep. it's two yep. of them. Philly and Washington. Yep. Um, but actually, actually, Jersey first, was far enough away. Could have, that could have been him too. Who knows? No, Jersey was roasting. Who's I think been healthy scratched in half the game since then? Because nothing makes sense. Five, seven, and pr- 13, 19, 24 goals against, four goals for. They're being outscored six times over. Okay, so let's just get this out of the way because it, it's just a dumb content that we all overreact to, but it's worth pointing out. Jeff Blashill has no clue how to make lines. No, 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 none, none no. zero, none, zero. Okay, okay. so I'm going to I'm gonna take the level-headed approach before I let Ryan tee off. Oh, thank you. That's okay. nice of you. Um, and this is going to be a Mike Milbury minute today. I'll take a minute. Yeah, so Jeff Blashill has finally developed some courage in his convictions and his decisions and has actually kept relatively the same lines for a couple weeks now. I mean, they're wrong, awful, and terrible to begin with, but hey, you know, we were yelling at him for blending the lines every game. I guess we got to give him that. Um, he reunited the second line. I think we can all agree. That's okay. a win. Yeah. That's a positive. Fabry, Athanasiu, Philpola, good. And they have actually been the line that's been consistently scoring. As, as consistent as you can be, four goals in five games. That's like a, that's very EA. You take something away that's good, and then they get applauded for putting it back when it should never have left. No, I know, but hey, hey, we <laughs> got we got to take the enjoy the little things. Yes, right, and that's rule number seven. Got it. Um, uh, Luke Lendenning, despite the fact that he scored last night, being on the first line is wrong and bad. Philip Zadina playing on the third line is bad and stupid. Uh, he'd be better served in Grand Rapids than playing with Franz Nielsen and Darren Effinghelm. Uh, Taro Hirose and Brendan Perlini rotating in and out on the fourth line. You know, offensive players struggling to produce offense. This is how you fix it, right? Here's the thing. In the past, nobody listening to this is has the delusions that I've ever been a Jeff Blaschel supporter after his first season with this <laughs> team. Okay? But over the past couple of years, I, I've tried to give him the benefit of the doubt where possible. I didn't agree with most of his decisions, but at least with a lot of them, I saw the logic. I saw his train of thought and went, yeah, I can see that. I don't agree with it, but I can see that. Putting Philip Zadina with two of the worst offensive producers on your team is the dumbest thing he has done since he did the exact same thing to Philip Zadina last year. Philip Zadina needs to be in Grand Rapids on a scoring line. Actually, you know what? It doesn't even matter if he's on a scoring line. He's good enough to create his own offense in Grand Rapids right now, and he got called up on a heater. Or he needs to be put into the top six. Put him in place of Luke Glendening, and that's all you have to do to these lines, and I'm happy. I think the entire fan base would be happy. The fix is right there. It's nonsensical. It's stupid. We don't even have to worry about the defense because they're injured so often. Blashill gets carte blanche there. He can do whatever the hell we want. Yeah, he wants. Nobody cares. But we have the most important prospect in our system right now, uh, floating around the offensive zone, finding open lanes, finding seams, just to watch the puck not come to him, and then eventually have to go into board battles because that's all Franz Nielsen and Darren Helm know is a cycle game. It's hurting his development. It's hurting his confidence, even though he did get a power play this last game. Hey, hey, hey. Enough. Now, my quick opinion before Ryan gets into his rant. For anybody who says, we can't fire Blashill, he's good for the tank, this is the argument against that. Now, Ryan. Who's going to set the timer? You want to do it? I'll set the timer. What's the the, the specific topic going to be? Because you could go a few directions here. I'm going to stick exactly to... Handling Zadina. Not lines in general. I think you, you did a good job with that. Okay. Zadina, period. 
Yeah. And also, I forgot to preface the entire thing I said with four goals in five games. Anyways, um, blink twice when you're ready. Mike Milbury minute. Here's the thing. I know that it's a slow roll. We just called up Philip Zadina. I know that it's not easy playing top line minutes. But for the love of God, what are you holding him on the third line for? If we have learned anything about Philip Zadina up until this point, it's that he his production is very much correlated to his confidence. He was extremely confident in Grand Rapids. You call him up, playing with Franz Nielsen and Darren Helm. He doesn't produce a lot. You send him down, and his confidence is now torched in the NHL and in Grand, Grand, Grand Rapids. Remind me when you've seen this last. Right, it was last season why what do you have to lose we're getting blown out 6-1 every game put him with Larkin and Bertuzzi Larkin and Bertuzzi have dragged Helm Glendening and anyone else to be a productive line put him with them get him in an open space who would have thunk that the moment you put him with Fabry and Larkin he got a secondary assist he didn't even have to do anything on that play it's good for his development to be on a top line elsewhere else otherwise just send him down to Grand Rapids time (sighs) hey don't worry we have the Islanders tomorrow Oh, one of the best teams in the league. Great. When was the last time they lost? Like 2014? They're on like a 50-game winning streak. When I started growing my mustache. Look, that was a lot of screaming. <laughs> the reality of it is, is like, okay, is is Philip Zadina, is it better to just get him NHL experience? For sure. And you know what? Brad mentioned this. He's been playing good hockey. I think he's been one of the Red Wings' better players. He, In the limited basis where he's had the space to do what he wants with the puck, he's shown some great skill. He's made some great plays. No one finishes them. He's never in... He's never where you want him to be producing the most because he's not going to drive a line on his own. Franz Nielsen is a almost literal anchor at this point. What, one point all season? Yes, Philip Zina has now caught up to him, and neither of them have caught up to Jonathan Bernier yet. Jonathan Bernier has two points. And that's this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Franz Nielsen's being outscored by Jonathan Bernier, who's played half the games he has. When you have two line mates and Darren Helm is one of them and he's the better of the two line mates that he's put you with you are being set up for failure I'm sorry for the Darren Helm fans but the reality is Philip Zadina you're stunting his growth and you're wasting his time by being up here and you might say Ryan he's gonna be up in on the top line in four or five games or just trying to get him up to speed how many games has it been now Four? Yeah, he's a he's a pro athlete. Like he's a professional athlete. He's a kid who's been chomping at the bit. It's already been a year. He got nine games last year. What are we messing around with? All right. Think of like how many other te- highly touted prospects in any sports come in in their first like three games and light the world on fire. Yeah, happens all the time. Why can't this also be? Part of that rule. And I'm shouting from the rooftops about like then just send him to Grand Rapids. I should. Put it out there. That's more anger than anything. It's protest. Because like if you're saying, oh, third line Detroit versus Grand Rapids, one's a little better, the other's a little better, it's a wash because the vastly superior choice is putting him on the first line, plain and simple. Power play minutes, first line minutes. Give him offensive zone starts, give him space, give him talented players to play with. It, the, the Bertuzzi-Larkin... Pair has been set up for this. It's such a perfect fit, and it blows my mind that everyone's getting this other than Blashill. It well, in Blashill's defense, um, the the player you have to replace on that top line is Anthony Mantha, and Philip Zadina is nothing of a highly skilled, talented shooter. So it, it's it's apples to oranges here, Ryan. Really, if we're just and I find it really funny that they think like you can't shelter someone unless they're on the bottom 
in the bottom six. Like you can shelter someone by putting them with Sidney Crosby. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right? With two defensively responsible players like Lurkin and Bertuzzi, and even if not Bertuzzi, Lurkin, man! Counterpoint, why bother sheltering him? He's our top prospect. Exactly. And here's the thing, all this shouting isn't to say Zadina's gonna go on to the top line and all of a sudden score so much that we forget who Quinn Hughes even is. No, in all likelihood... (laughs) But he might. He might! But in all likelihood, he'll he'll produce a little bit more, be kind of disappointing to some people, but at least you freaking tried, man! It's just so, like... Why? What was the purpose of those five straight games of either breaking up your your second best line or some games your best line or holding Phillips Zadina back, rendering your first line useless? Not useless, but, you know, you have Luke Glendening there. Ineffective. And he's not because he freaking sniped it from the slot. Yeah, but, but how many... Here, here's the thing. Credit to Luke Glendening because I've... I've I, think, I, love I, the guy. I think we've been very fair to Luke Lindenning. He's been playing well above his bar this season. Yes. But now, it's, his not... bar is not first line, but he's been playing above it. Um, he's, he slots in the first and second lines better than we could we could ever ask of him. Yeah. You should never do it, but he, he does exactly. an admiral job. He had a lot of scoring chances relative to the rest of the team, and he only put one of them in. He had, I think, three grade-A chances in the slot with time. He put one of them in, good for him. You can't tell me Zadina with that time and space three times doesn't oh. go two of three or three of three. It would be bar down. You know, we tweeted out. All of us would jump seven million followers because everyone would be so excited. Excited, and no one would care about the nine game. The sec was this our second nine game losing streak this year? Yeah, it's something he, like that. Here's the thing: what would your reaction be after a game if the Red Wings lost eight three, but Philip Zadina had two goals and an assist? Oh my god! I'd be playing the parade, boys. We're there. Episode. Uh, next day, uh, post game recap video, jersey giveaway, jersey giveaway. Like it, it's the only thing this fan base has right now, right? Yeah. There's We're looking not for the smallest of victories. All you have to do is, is during a game look at the like. Prashanth has been really good about putting out a lot, a lot of the stats about how historically bad the Red Wings are. The Red Wings aren't where they were last year. Where sometimes they'll be competitive and win a game where they really shouldn't. I'll, like it'll happen once in a blue moon this year. But for the most part, we are historically bad. There is nothing else to be happy about. Give the fans something. They, um, what was the stat? They only lost by four more goals, so a blowout, air quotation, seven times last year. It's happened to eight this year. Uh, they haven't played a game in December yet. Yeah, they went, uh, let me just check. There's 50-something games left. Someone posted a stat on Reddit, uh, I think on Monday, and it was something like, Leon Dreisaitl has been on the ice or involved in just as many goals as the Red Wings have. <laughs> David Pasternak <laughs> has more power play goals than about 10 teams. The Red Wings being one of them. <clears throat> well, funny Shocker. enough, the Red Wings' only regulation win in the month of November came against David Pasternak and the Boston Bruins. Worth it. <laughs> the nice thing is, they're so far behind now, we're actually going to be able to enjoy some of the wins. And that was off. when their subreddit basically imploded. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Um... One positive we haven't talked, or a potential positive we haven't talked about with Zadina being up this long and potentially longer, maybe Steve Eisenman follows Prashanth and uh, he, he just wants to get him to 10 games, burn that ELC and send him right back down so we can get him extended on the cheap. That notion has been coming around a lot more over the past couple of years, and I agree. Like I think, the, I think the way to do it is to burn the year now, especially considering how slow of a burn Zadina's development is. Think of how cheap you can get him. Yeah. Like... Cheap, cheap. If he a bird, nice. Hell yeah, man. Got him. Put it there. Got him. You nailed it. 
you guys haven't noticed we've devolved into pure delirium um tickets are buy one get one free right now so you know uh bogo tickets is how bad this team is that is not a good look no and uh the red wings right now are on pace for 49 points i believe so comfortably going to finish dead last what did the abs have that really bad 49 points (laughs) historic and that year do you know what happened the colorado avalanche picked fourth Oh, but and they got Kale McCarr. And they got Kale McCarr. Yeah. So it's a lose win. Oh, we'll uh, pick six. All right, hold on. Let's Actually, that it. would be a fun draft or redraft. Who do you pick first overall that year? Hayskinen, McCarr, or Pedersen? Pedersen. Pedersen. It goes Pedersen, McCarr, Hayskinen. Yeah, I think the forward one. That was such a good draft. That was. That was a draft where that like, was supposed to be really bad. Yes, people were sleeping on Hayskinen for a long time, and I think we talked about him for one episode, and then it was just like everyone was like, "Oh no, he's going third. Everyone's like, "Ah, damn it!" Yeah, um, remember in our mock, uh, Pedersen went ninth <clears throat> to the Red Wings at that one point. Yeah, yeah. It, don't don't remind yourself who the Red Wings picked instead. Uh, you guys were wrong. Actually, the Red Wings aren't on pace for forty nine points. They're on pace for forty eight. Oh no! Historic. <laughs> Historic. We are Atlanta Thrashers bad. Look, forty nine points. Look, I know some 48. of you. Forty eight. My my apologies. Some of you are doing the tankathon runs now, and I just you need to know that there's no point they're drafting fourth. It's like a thousand percent they're drafting fourth. You this can- is like the one case where this draft lottery system really doesn't benefit the last place team, and maybe I'm saying that because I have a supreme amount of bias, but one one team is substantially worse than the second last place team they need number one and we all know we're picking fourth we and know it's coming now here's the thing too because i will people will be like oh with the red wings being this bad brad are you still going to argue for the gold plan yes because the red wings will be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs a month before anybody else so they will have probably, a hell of a head start probably before 2020 <laughs> the red wings have uh hold on let me see this the Red Wings have as many points or fewer than the Islanders, Blues, Boston, and Washington have wins. So they all have 17 or more wins. The Red Wings have 17 points. They are dead last. They have 29 games played and 17 points. Closest to them are New Jersey with 22 points with four games in hand. <laughs> if New Jersey wins one of those four games, they are seven points clear of second last, the Red Wings. <laughs> It's December 1st. We just passed that uh, Thanksgiving threshold where it's like, if you're not in now, chances are you won't be in. We just passed that, like a few days ago. Okay, but we got we to gotta go positivity here now, Ryan. All right. We need to talk about our Lord and Savior, Eric Comrie. <laughs> okay, that was legitimately the best I felt covering this team like the, the, during the whole, this whole losing streak was that trade. I don't know, man. Robbie Fabry was pretty good. Robbie, Robbie Fabry is a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, so the, the Red Wings made a trade uh, while the sun was up, which was remarkable. Uh, it came out that Vili Sarayarvi was traded uh, to the Arizona Coyotes for uh, Eric Comrie, goaltender. Um, and that was a, a pretty – it's not going to – like it's not going to break any doors down. It's not going to burst through walls. It's not a needle mover, TM. Uh, but it was a pretty indicative trade of all, a couple different things from Eisman. First of all, uh, Jimmy Howard might be hurt for longer than we imagine or we know. I think they just said it's not long term. Or they're banking on Howard getting injured continuously, 
or Howard and Bernie getting injured continuously, or they're hoping to move on from one of them sooner rather than later. I don't think that one's likely, but it's just to put it out there. Or, given how bad this team is and how irrelevant the roster is, they might just carry three goalies. Think so? I, why wouldn't they? Well, uh, these, three the goal, these three goalies are more valuable than any of the defensemen or forwards that we would be sending up and down at this point. Well, I did ask if Eric Comrie can play center. He'd be a good third-line center at this point. I mean, oh, no, he'd be he'd be in the top six just based on how we evaluate it. Well, well Bernie's it, got two points. And he's a goalie, so he's defensive, defensively responsible. Probably lacked a lot of offense in his career, so he's absolutely replacing Glenn Denning on the first line. <laughs> um, the, first of all, let's talk about Vili Sarjavri. This is the guy with uh, who's shown flashes of brilliance and had a ton of potential coming in uh, to the Red Wing system. Uh, a, a great amount of talent, and by all rights, is a guy that could have made it. He was one of our... Uh, we we thought very highly of him no you know what people was, still do he's very very talented he yeah. just has not been able to produce any offense at the pro level and at that point like man i was sorry every's biggest fan forever but at some point you you gotta put it up yeah that was his shtick right like yeah he's, he was uh a undersized puck moving high offense defenseman and when you don't do that you don't play pro in the professional ranks yeah and with how like on the depth chart right now in terms of prospect potential he's been passed by cider to misto johansson yes yeah so yeah he got this draft was kind of the the time's running out for prospects like Billy Sariarvi to to make an impact well this is part of what uh this is a big indicator for me that eiserman has his plan his eiser plan so to say and uh he's currently working towards that and not all of that is just main roster moves some of that is clearing out the pipeline to make room where he wants to make room and get rid of guys where he doesn't want to be dedicating uh ahl ice time and resources to them when he thinks they should be going out elsewhere like he, he wants to develop cider he wants to give more time to kasky that kind of thing so the the form like the formative moves are almost just as impactful when he's getting rid of someone or making like uh, depth shuffles. And the Comrie thing is, it has it's almost definitely purely a reactionary thing to the Howard injury and just how bad the goaltending has been this year. So um, he he's not waiver exempt, so he would have to be waived to be sent down to the HL. That being said, I don't see them waiving him. No, they'll give him a few games, and if he's an absolute utter train wreck, then they might consider it. But and I just, if if he gets waived. And then claimed, Eisman will still see value in this because he basically... You freed up a spot. You freed up a spot, and that, that is a logjam that does need freeing up. And it's there's a fascinating stat in the goaltending scouting community, specifically with goalies who come out of the WHL. If they have under a 9-10 save percentage in the WHL, they are in their draft year, they are... They never pan out. It's like a zero for zero, 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 zero percent of the time that those players have panned out. Eric Comrie's numbers, while well in junior, save percentage, 900, 915, 925, 914. Good. Then he goes up to the AHL, and he spent a bunch of years in the AHL. 920, 907, 906, 916, 917, and 904 games this year. He's He's had a cup of tea in the NHL, and his numbers there haven't been good. But, I mean, he's played five nhl games at this point so this is a roll of the dice well worth taking winnipeg didn't want to get rid of him no but they had laurent brassois and connor hellebuck and they're a good team they couldn't afford to carry three goalies they needed the roster spots arizona took him because auntie ranta often hurt well ranta and kemper are healthy 
they couldn't keep them because they're a good team. They're battling for the division lead right now. They had to move on because they needed the roster spot, and Detroit is now his landing spot where he can hopefully get something going this year. So it's, again, a gamble worth taking. I'm not expecting him to be our franchise goalie or take over the world, but, hey, why not? Um, there was some people with the Regula trade, the Regula for Perlini trade, who were saying they didn't want to give up that asset no matter how uh, low his value was perceived to be. And that was a very fair argument. You, They saw Regula as just as much of a role of the dice that could pan out as as Perlini. And you know what? They By all rights, they could end up being right. Regula could be something and Perlini could be a complete bust that the Eisman lets go. And this is one of those trades where it's like we've seen the extended look at Vili Sariarvi and the Vili Sariarvi experiment is over. I'm actually kind of surprised he made it as far into the season as he did without being traded. So He's had ample opportunities yeah. to, to impress and we, I, I think every season we're like, when is the time going to come where he shows us what we've been waiting for? And it's been every single year, and he just keeps sliding down the depth chart. Yeah. So I can I can really appreciate Iserman uh, making a decision on this. Well, if Comrie doesn't pan out as a goalie, he had five assists in the WHL and two in the AHL, so we might actually be able to get some use out of him on the third or fourth line. Between him and Bernie, that they would collectively be our, what, like fourth leading scorer? <laughs> uh, so Adam Lascaris messaged me um, and said, <laughs> so a fun stat to talk about, since two, the year 2000, the, rec- er, the record for most losses by three goals or more in a season is 28 by the 0304 Penguins. The Red Wings currently, through 29 games, have 13. Oh. So they have half of that with more than half the season to go. Oh. Will they top it? I doubt it because there's no way a team can be that bad for that long. Because if you look at the 0304 Penguins, like their their roster then makes the Detroit Red Wings look like an all-star team right now. Crosby's first year. No, he wasn't even he there was yet. That was, that was the season that got them Crosby. Yes, 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 yes. Because 04 05 was off. 05 06 yeah. was yeah, the first Yeah, it was Crosby. Year. Yeah. So, like, I think their leading score that year might have actually been, like, Milan Croft. <sighs> Take it back. Um, here's a, a counter. No, here's a counter. The Red Wings have been getting worse. I, or Larkin's not on his heater. Mantha's hurt. I, Mantha will eventually come back. Right. He'll have to find his groove. What's up with Larkin? Is he hurt? Is he down? Is he just in a slump? Like, Does yeah. he have shell shock? We haven't seen him play like this since his sophomore season where he was incredibly, not incredibly disappointing, but rather disappointing for the first three quarters of the season, right? So, so what's up with that? Brad. Okay, I just need to put some reference for some perspective here. Are you ready for this? No. I am going to read off the top Five scorers for the 0304 Pittsburgh Penguins. Are you ready for this? Almost definitely not. Mario First Lemieux. on the team, Dick Tarnstrom. Shut up. <laughs> what a name. Oh, Second yeah. on the team, Alexei Morozov. Okay. Third, Ryan Malone. All right. Who probably was a rookie at that point. Third, Milan Croft. Fourth is Milan Croft. Yeah. Yeah, fourth. And five, Rico Fada. Rico Fada. There's a name I haven't heard. And then we're going down to Konstantin Koltsov, Richard Jackman, Thomas Sorovi, Tom Kostopoulos, Drake Barahowski. Tom Kostopoulos? Doesn't he host the National? Uh, No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Mario Lemieux played 10 games and finished top 15 on this team in scoring. (laughs) The owner came down from the press box. Uh, But actually, though, so uh, I I feel like the wings will do it. 
I feel like they'll finish. I feel like they'll lose by three goals or more thirty times this year. Oh God. Uh, oh God. We have no answer to any sort of adversity in any oh. over a season no. and within a game. No. So I can see the losses, big losses, just continue. Someone tweeted at me. They're like, "Buy one get one. Tickets are bad. Just wait until they start giving you free tickets with your pizzas." I don't think we're far off. I haven't, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the attendance is like for the the weekday games and the non-Montreal's, non-Toronto games. The Bad. Mar- the March weekday game against Buffalo will get a attendance of about 3,500. We were in the house renovating earlier in the week and there was a weekday game and uh, I had it on and uh, Mel's uncle goes, why is it, why is it empty? Oh my God, it's empty. I'm like, yep, bad team. No one's showing up. Ticket prices are high. Team sucks. The seats are black. That's not related. It's just a pet peeve of mine. It sucks for it. And it's horrible because you can see how fun it is when they're good. Like, we were there for the Mantha 4 goal game. That was the loudest I've ever heard that building. It was unreal. It was the closest thing we've had to the Joe. Just remember the Red Wings record right now and remember they started 3-1. and one. <laughs> Who, who could have thunk it, you know? Who would have known? There's been two story or storylines this season. It's Mantha's four goal game and Robbie Fabry's debut. Yeah, That's it. Trade. That's po- it. Positive storylines. Yes. Eh, Tyler Bertuzzi has been a good story. I meant and, like single game stories. Oh yeah. Before yeah. Before next episode, the Red Wings have one game. It's a home game against Montreal tomorrow on Monday at seven thirty hey, Eastern. Montreal's on a big losing streak. So I said I said Montreal. It's the Islanders. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Why I said Montreal. They are on the opposite of a That's losing streak. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. It's the Islanders. Just wanted to mess with you. Where are the Islanders right now? Fourth in the entire league. Six two and two in their last 10, 17, 5 and two. They probably have twice as many points as the Red Wings. Uh, yeah, plus two. <laughs> They're only two plus spit. two. No, no, plus double, multi- double plus two. Plus two. Oh, yeah, Jesus. yeah. Oh, They're at thirty-six points. The Red Wings have seventeen. Uh, what else has happened in hockey? I was so like, uh, Bill, Bill Peters, Peters got fired. Well, resigned. Resigned. I, that, you're you're fired. No, I quit. He's re- he resigned like people from the White House resigned. They right? told him that you're no longer going to be coach of this team. Let's work out a deal to terminate your contract. Because obviously, if they just tried to terminate his contract, he would have went through a long legal battle. Like you can't do that. Um, if they fired him, they would have had to have paid his full contract, and they didn't want to do that. So they just settled on did an agreement. Say, uh, and he's did gone. You, did you see? Um, so there's a lot of people corroborating the Bill Peters is a bad person um, storyline, um, and Sean Avery came out and said Bill Peters kicked him. No, Mark Crawford. Oh, Mark Crawford. I'm an idiot. Oh, you dummy. You, but he's a, still an assistant coach with... Ottawa? Ottawa? Is it Ottawa? Someone was like, uh, oh, is that why you got like sent down or this something? This was the traded. This is the best part of that whole story. He was like, uh, is that why you got sent down or something? He was like, no, that was because I went and fought an assistant coach during practice. <laughs> <laughs> he was very real about that. I was like, that's hysterical. I do not like Sean Avery as a person, but I would listen to his stories endlessly. You can just go on Instagram. Yeah, there's they're a all lot. there. Oh, I know. He's like the the freedom fighter of New York City, but nobody asked for any of it, and Are, nobody wants it. What else is happening in the NHL that's worth talking about right now? I'm so delirious. By the way, we've moved. We're in the studio. All the stuff is in there. I'm thinking either this midweek episode or this uh, a week from today is when we'll start recording in there. We don't have the Ethernet run yet, but you guys won't know the difference between that. We won't have our custom table yet. 
R&D woodworking. We'll put out a post about that soon. We have some more renders to show you. I mean, Montreal is sliding. Uh, Edmonton is still good for some reason. Yeah. Toronto's good now. Yeah. Chief Keefe, man. He makes a difference. So I, I figured out how we can get rich, okay? Okay. Because you remember Bab Socks, obviously, right? Yes, of course. Okay, are you, are you with me here? Mm-hmm. Keefe's briefs. <laughs> Someone is steal, someone's legitimately going to steal that. Keefe's briefs. Oh, boy. Uh, should we, is this overtime? Is this overtime territory? Is that what we're about to do? I don't know how long, I don't even know how long we've been recording. I'm just so depressed. Who cares? It's um, like, um, anything I, else happen? I don't, wherever I you guys are in the world, we currently have like two to three inches of like sleet ice snow. It's the worst stuff to shovel. Oh man. Cause you have to like break the top layer and then shovel and it out. Powdered, underneath. It's just water. Yeah. It's powdered ice. No, if such a thing could physically, no, but exist. it's wet. Like it's all wet. Like shoveling. It's like. Your shovel is like a quarter full, and then you pull out. Oh, I can tell you why you pulled your back now. Oh, I wasn't shoveling. I made Catherine do it. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly, I can't tell if Evan is the best of us or the worst of us at any given moment. He's I, living the best life of us. Oh, 100%. Hey, I, she volunteered. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, Crystal's had to shovel quite literally because I physically can't, but... Like, this is all on the agreement that as soon as my I'm physically able to get... She is not shoveling a driveway or changing a diaper for, like, two months, so I know what's coming. Yeah, you're building debt right now. Yeah. yeah. Poop debt. I, I'm happy... Like, I like to split tasks, too. I'm not a big fan of, like, the whole blue job, pink job business. Uh, but sometimes when something is just easier done, if you're the one to do it, you can trade off that way. Mel is, you know, creative, smart, hilarious, like... Like, she's practically renovated this whole house herself. She's so handy. But physically, <laughs> like, in terms of sports and anything to do with, like, athletic movements, oh, man. <laughs> I just look at her. I'm like, why did you think that's the way you would move your body in that physical space that you're in? <laughs> I had a buddy like that. And I remember in high school, we played dodgeball, and he didn't know which hand to throw with. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I don't know if we can be friends. I, it's just, it's like your brain works in a different way. And you're just watching, like, the this series of decision, the, the decisions that you're making are so alarming both her and abby and abby's our dog like i'm trying to get past them and they'll both like look at me wide-eyed and kind of like back up but they'll back up in the exact direction i need i'm like just move to the open space to your right and they're like right and then the hole penetrate (laughs) come on oh we're gonna get it over time which is sponsored by motor city garages they're a family-owned and operated business servicing metro detroit uh and the uh surrounding area soon uh, they do garage flooring, cabinets, overhead racks, wall storage, preventing 10-game lo- losing streaks, hopefully, uh, and everything to do with your car. Enough with the messy d- garages everyone is sick of walking through. It's time to turn it into something useful. Whether you like to work on your car or if you'd like an organized space, we have you covered. 3D designs and a lifetime warranty. Motor City Garages. Park in style. We're going to start off with Patreon, uh, where our patrons get their comments read out on air as our way of saying thank you for supporting the show and then we'll get to some twitter and reddit questions of course uh garrett tv says hockey amigos time for one of uh time for ryan's favorite topic racism in sports regarding the whole ron francis situation with bill peters i think it's unfair to put so much pressure on him it's easy to and he should have done more but if we're going to fix this issue in hockey then the players need to step up too if there's now reports of others confirming past behaviors example rod brindamore and players who are in the room to validate the uh akimalu scenario 
They need to step up when these things, these things happen. If everyone's quiet because they're fighting for a job, then all they're doing is contributing to the problem. If you want to make a change, then just firk and stand up to racist assholes. Otherwise, you're part of the problem and nothing will change. Let's get this out of hockey now so we can get back to rolling four lines and getting the pucks deep. Let's go Red Wings. Look, you're not wrong. Bystanders are complicit as well. If you are a person who watches a teammate be uh, abused, either you know physically or because of the color of their skin or both or whatever it is uh, and you don't say anything about it you're complicit um but i think the reason ron francis is getting so much heat is because he was uh the direct manager of bill peters he was aware of the incident and he let it happen didn't he say he took it to ownership yeah who the ownership before that said that they would have fired him in a nanosecond so was it brought to ownership? a liar. And do we think that this happened once ever? Once ever? Really? Are we to to believe that? Because I don't think so. I highly doubt someone who kicks someone in the back and punches people in the head does it once ever. So can't believe some of those guys just don't get up and just deck him. Aaron Tyler says, hey guys, how's it going? Oh, Aaron Tyler, new name level sponsor, part of Evans Enigmas. Thank you so much, Aaron, and welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast family. He says, hey guys, how's it going? Been listening for a while and finally signed up for Patreon this week. Sorry if I missed this, but every week I seem to see slash hear people wanting Detroit to trade Athens to see you. Do you think, do any of you think his time in Detroit is coming to an end? No, his value is low and he's part of, he's young. Keep good young players. Here's the thing. I, in general, think you're. if you want to be a better team and you have a player under the age of like 28 and he's talented, you'd be better off keeping him. But every man has their price. Every man has their price. Athanasiu could fetch a fancy return if a team is willing to pay his perceived value. When are you able to get perceived value versus actual value, especially when the former supersedes the latter? So when your uh, value on the market is higher than your value on the ice, trade deadline. If a team like Edmonton needs someone else besides Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid to score, they'll pay a hefty, hefty price. You want some first-round picks? You want some stud defensive prospects? That's the time to do it. That being said, the market and the price package that I would take for Athanasiu is narrow. I wouldn't bet on him leaving, but just because we all want him to stay doesn't mean that he has to stay under all pre like all circumstances i would say of all of the red wings most talented players athanasiu is the red wings best trade bait right i mean in terms of actually having a chance to be traded yes because they're not moving larkin or mantha no yeah exactly so yeah but what are you going to trade athanasiu for usually a position of need if you include the red wings prospect system right now what's a huge position of need for them they don't really have one at least not one that athanasiu would fetch enough return to Phil. Yeah, they're not going to they get need a, a stud center or a stud defenseman. They already have a hole on the second line. So if you trade Athanasiu away, that's two holes on the second line. Now you have a hole on the first line. Well, it's, you know what it'll be is if Athanasiu is the facilitator of like a 10-game winning streak, then Eisenman's going to trade away and they win twofold. Helps the tank and helps uh, uh, build up the prospect pipeline. Haroon Khan says, hey guys, uh, I don't get why Zadina isn't in the top six. Mantha's out and you need someone who has skill and a shot. Is Blashill doing this on purpose because he knows the season is a wash or is he actually this stubborn? Like at least try something new that will work, not just trotting out grinders in the top six. Get in line. 
He did He did this when the Red Wings were still making the playoffs. This is just who he is. After hearing these stories about Babcock, do you think maybe Blashill employs similar tactics because it took Athanasiu and Mantha years to reach full potential? Maybe that slowed things down. Yeah, I'm on the train of I think Athanasiu and Mantha would have got there sooner with another coach, but I know people will argue me on that. I And there's no way to know. I agree with Brad that I think uh, Blashill's developmental prowess is overrated. That said, I, I am wary of attaching any of those like precise stories of like pretty malicious things that Babcock did, like to Marner uh, and them to Blashill with absolutely no evidence. So I wouldn't say that, but I think they're cut from the same cloth as the as the style of coach that they are. So not I think what's best for this team right now. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm just thinking up these random theories because there's nothing else to think about when it comes to these Red Wings. I can't take this losing anymore. The hockey gods saw me making fun of the Senators, and I guess I'm paying for it. Let's go, Red Wings. Kwaz says, sup, my dudes. I do have to say this Red Wing team does have an elite skill. I'm going to skip a few lines for you to think about the answer. The te- This team is elite at tanking. Oh, boy. Now on to what I wanted to ask about. Alex Ovechkin, the dude already has 20 goals in the season, 28 games in. If we're thinking reasonably here, how many seasons do we think he plays? And does he break the Great One's goal record? He's an absolute animal on the ice, still at 34, too. Opinions? We've done the math on the podcast of what he would have to do to get there, and it's very, it's it's difficult, but it's very reasonable. I think the only thing holding it back is he would have to play into the NHL until he's like 39. Yeah, but, but uh, that's talked about wanting to go back. He has to the type of game that can play till his forties. That's a thing he doesn't though, right? He plays like a train. He just doesn't slow down. Yeah, well, but if as he gets older, they just tell him, "All right, Alex, you're playing six even strength minutes a game, and you're never coming off the ice on the power play. And you can just stand in that one spot, and he'll probably score thirty that year." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a thing. He can just sit like where he does on the power play and just get twenty goals automatically every year. Um, yeah, I think he can break it. It just depends on how close he is at, or ages like 37, 38. If he's pretty far and has to have like a like unreal year, I could see him just saying, nah, forget it. Go back to Russia. I mean, era adjusted. I think he's already passed Gretzky, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. Era adjusted. You could make the case. He's the greatest goal scorer of all time already. I think he already is. Yeah. Uh, just your average Teej says, hello, everyone has been a freaking nightmare lately. So let's have, uh, let's look to the future and some positivity. Say everyone pans out and we have a future that looks like this. Burt, Larkin, Mantha, Lafreniere, Villano, Zadina, Athens, U, Ras, Berggren, Giovanni Smith, Luke Lendening guy with a, uh, Luke Lendening and then guy with a defensive Hronik, DeKaiser, Sider, Chalosky, McIsaac, Lindstrom with Larson at net. Plus more to come. Sucks right now, but hey, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Save fresh cheese bags. Yeah, I mean, a lot has to go right for that to, to work out. But Yeah, a lot of those guys who are filling big roles aren't necessarily projected to be big role players. So, like, if McIsaac ends up on the second pair, we're thrilled. If he ends up on the third pair, that's probably more likely. Lindstrom, I've watched. I don't think he ever becomes a regular in the NHL. Well, if Blashill's the coach, maybe. Um, yeah, it's a lot has to go right. Joe Valeno hasn't... He's been good, but he hasn't exactly been lighting the AHL on fire. So, I don't know. A lot has to go right for that to happen. But that also being said, we are going to have several, several very high draft picks over the next few years. And there's always guys who come out of nowhere, too, to surprise and go past where they were ever projected. But, I mean, it also is the same for the other way there's a lot of guys who are highly touted who never become anything at the professional level that's actually more common yeah, way more time. common yeah. uh charlie said lyric says hey guys ryan congrats on moving into the new house thank you uh very happy to be able to sleep again uh with the dumpster fire that is all of detroit sports 
<laughs> Brad just stuck me in the finger when I said that. Uh, and my fantasy team, I'm excited and hopeful for Lafreniere or Byfield to be in a winged wheel sweater come June. After three games ending in blowouts over five goals, and the Wings' December schedule doesn't seem promising for a win in the future either, with more blowouts to be expected. The current goalie prospects don't seem to give me a lot of hope for the future. Besides bringing Comrie into the organization, do you see Eisenman trading for a long-term starting NHL-ready goalie? Not yet. Howard is a UFA at the end of the year, and what do you think the chances are we keep him? Uh, low. <clears throat> Maybe another one year. Fitty, fitty. Um, Depends how Comrie pans out, because if Comrie pans out well, it's Bernier Comrie next year. If Comrie goes tank up, then it's Howard Bernier again next year, probably. Although, Robin Leonard being a UFA is very intriguing to me. Holtby, Leonard, Markstrom, Grice, Talbot, and Halak are upcoming UFAs. In your opinion, who do you who do you think Eisenman targets? You made a good point about Robin Leonard. He's like second in the league in save percentage right now on a very bad team. So he's now strung together a f- couple really elite seasons after coming like getting his mental affairs in order. So I mean, if I'm looking at anybody who's not going to cost a ton of money, not going to require a ton of term, and and can be at least a decently long term uh, option for you, I'm looking at Robin Leonard. Because the rest of those guys scare the hell out of me. Holpe is the only other, what I would say, surefire goalie on there. Maybe the only surefire goalie on there. And he's 30, so... He's on the wrong side of his career at this point. Matt, still good, but Matt not a Chaney, solution. Matt Cheney says, why are we still here? Just to suffer? Someone needs to dispatch the wings, Team 6, to uh, extract Zadina out of that war zone and bring him home safely, to, uh, bring him home to safety in Grand Rapids. Uh, hopefully with a, a visit to the first line soon, Matt, but eventually. Joseph Delia says, sup my dudes. I sad, we sad. So when do you guys think you'll start talking about the draft? Since the top four pick is most likely, you guys should talk about that po- uh, the possible first to second rounds we could get with our second round picks. Thanks, my dudes. We actually have to start so early this year. We already did, I think, while you were gone. Really? We didn't, me and Evan did a quick overview of the top five when uh, that episode, what was it, the rock bottom episode, when we thought we were at rock bottom then. And then we the almost floor named, fell out. Yeah, we almost named the last episode rock or bottom, <laughs> or rock bottom, or we couldn't take <laughs> think of which one. But yeah, so um, yeah, we'll probably have to start doing those prospect profiles, I'm thinking, start of the new year. Uh, just for fun, we'll do a, a tankathon at the end of this episode. So do it now. I don't want to wait. You want to do it now? Do it now. All right. Simming the lottery. And the Red Wings pick fourth. Yep. That's <laughs> fuck. Ducks get Lafreniere. Devils get Byfield. Uh, Sens get Lucas Raymond. That and... actually makes me want to puke. Yeah. Because <laughs> none of the, those two teams do not need either of those players. No. No, they certainly don't. Ryan sucks, so I'm going to run one. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll go on to the next question. Uh, Joseph Fournier says, here it is, fellows, the final round of the Athens CU one-for-one trade game. All right, Brad, you need to pay attention for this. Oh, the Red Wings won, Brad's. No, wait, they did? Did they? Yes. Oh. Uh, that well, was, that to... was the Red Wings at the top, right? Let's go again. Athens... No, I'm the tiebreaker. Okay. No, again, now I'm down to fourth. No, just let Evan do it. Oh, I'm back up to the top. I'm That's, two for three, buddy. You guys are just playing with numbers here. Simulator. What's going on? Are you guys okay? Uh, is it Tankathon? Yeah. 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 Two for three, buddy. Oh, you got God. Evan on the internet. All right, we here got we go. two Alexi Lafreniere's. You know You're he gets welcome. lost. You know he gets lost on the internet. We uh, draft fourth. Ottawa, Minnesota, New Jersey, Detroit. That's at least not the worst teams imaginable above us. Athens CU one for one trade game. Would you trade Andreas Athens CU one for one for Matt Dumba? Hmm. <coughs> <laughs> Yes. I would say yes. He has a 50-point season. He's 24 years old. He He's sh- only 24? He shoots Oh, hell yeah. Right. I thought he was older than that. Yeah. 
Uh, Joel Erickson Eck. Good God, no. Philip Deneau. No. Nick Cousins. No. Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Yes. Ooh, he's on like a 14-game pointless streak. Is he? Yeah. Maybe he's young. Imagine, though, that center depth. Imagine that center depth, though. That's assuming Montreal made the right choice by picking him up. I might do that one. I'm... I'll do that one just because I'm wild. Dante Fabro. No. Brady Shea. No. Really? No. Let me see Brady Shea. I want to look up his stats, actually. I'm I'm kind I of... Li- I'm, I like Brady Shea. I like him, too. Is but that... he's not... Oh, I didn't even come close to spelling his name right. S-K-J-E-I. Uh, 25 years old. He's on a pretty... What's his deal? Cat- that seems a- like a lateral move. Lateral? Well, age-wise. Yeah. Oh, six years at 525. Eh, okay. Tony D'Angelo. No. Shane Gostaspare. No. They would have to add to that one in my mind. Tomas Hurdle. God, yes. Yes. Colton Pareko. Mm, how old's Pareko now? I if I want to say... Th- oh, you, you went limp. Sub-28, I'll say yes. Sub-28. I thought he was like 29. 26. Yeah, that's yeah. an easy yes. Why do I think... Yep. You, I'm mixing him up with Petrangelo. Um... Mikhail Sergachev. Mm. No. No. I'm going to say no. A few years ago, I might have said yes. Uh, Braden Point, obviously. Yes. William Nylander, yes. Yes. Bo Horvat, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Quinn Hughes, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> William Carlson. How old is Wild, Wild, Wild Bill? Bill? Mid-20s. William Carlson. Again, sub-28, I say yes. He is 26, so that's a yes for me. Peyton Krebs. No. No, especially because of the Achilles injury. Uh, Evan, are you there? Hello. Evan, would you trade Athens to see you one for four, one for one for Ryan Nugent Hopkins? How's oh, man. You want me to look up uh, how uh, old Nugent is? Yeah, please. He's, he he's only old. like 25. Really? He's looked, eight, he's Although looked, when he's looked 26. 16 since he was like... He'll look 16 when he retires. He looks 26. Last year, he had a career-high 69 points. Nice. In 82 games. Fun fact, when uh, you Google Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the first thing to autofill after his name is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Injury. Uh, play center. Um, I've always really liked him. I've loved Nugent. And uh, I've always thought he's an underrated player. Um, I'll say yes. Darnell Nurse. No. Man. Do I just have a? Maybe these are guys that I just haven't been watching like that closely, and they're having down years. But I love Darnell Nurse. Hold on, I just want to check one thing that might render this whole thing moot here with Nugent Hopkins. I already said yes. No, no, you already said yes. But I'm I'm gonna try and get the best of both worlds here. Right, just hold the phone up so you're not talking to your lap, buddy. Yeah, he's uh, only got one year left on his contract after this. Let's just wait for him to go UFA. <laughs> Uh, pencils down. I was encouraged by what I saw against Washington with the wings applying pressure uh, and effort throughout. It wasn't perfect. There were still mistakes. The score did not fully represent the po- product with Ovi stuffing two empty netters for the hat trick with minutes to spare. When people talk about losing games the right way, these are the types of games they're talking about, except for Glenn Denning on the top line instead of Zadina and end not scratched. Matt Shepard really loves him some Luke Glenn Denning, though. Would love to see Perlini get a shot on any scoring line. Tough to rate that trade right now. I had no idea who Matt Shepard was when he was calling the game, and he said one of the dumbest things I'd ever heard in the first period, and I posted on Twitter, and then everybody just Todd Bertuzzi me. was like, on... He's a baseball guy. I'm like, I don't care. Then he shouldn't be calling hockey. Todd Bertuzzi was on Fox Sports Detroit. Like, I like that. He did the Chris Osgood yeah, yeah. thing. It was good. I think he said something about, oh, uh, 
what I think the question was like how do you how did teams handle how would you handle this or something after a, another loss like this and he said it's like a a four beer stop to the airport or something yeah. I was like oh never change I loved it I gotta go uh, Ryan the beer league team needs me do they do they really yes I've received two tape to tape passes all year whoa get that's over a, there, that's pal. actually a season high. The ice is hot. Oh, yeah. You got to get over there. All right. Goodbye. So long, Devin. Ryan, congrats to you and Mel on the house renovation and move in. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. Mel says hi, by the way. Uh, my little brother and sister-in-law finished renovating their new house in Ann Arbor just two months ago. They literally gutted everything and did all the work themselves, like you and Mel. Looking forward to seeing the new Winged Wheel Podcast studio. We are so pumped. Just a matter of unpacking, putting in some Ethernet, some cord around, etc. Evan, hope you're feeling better. Rob, you are a good cop. Adam Flett says, just a quick one, really. Is it best to sign Fabry as part of the rebuild or trade him while his stock is high? Have a fun week. Sign his... He's put up, played 10 games or 12 games. His trade value is not high. I think uh, you won't get... You could flip him for a profit for sure, but I would much rather see him as part of the rebuild. Even like, Imagine this team is so good, Robbie Fabry's on your third line. He's what, 23, 24? He's young. I like the kid. I want to see He's him like part fifth of the on the team in scoring. He's played 12 games. This is exactly what you need. Exactly what you need. Mar- uh, Michael Martell says, Hey, folks, been a bit since my last. Congrats to the Criscos and uh, uh, welcome Hank. Congrats to Ryan and Mel and the New Digs. Congrats to Evan for persisting. Thank you from all of us. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, something jumped out to me last episode when you were talking about overvaluing vets who are propped up by elite line mates. Could it be that line blending at this point of the rebuild is meant to avoid that? If you want to value Athena CU correctly going into talks, uh, shouldn't we know how he performs with all sorts of line mates? Uh, but you don't want to value Athanasiu correctly. You want to overvalue him. You want him playing with guys who are going to feed him endlessly. His stats are so inflated that you get top value. Also, some guys, the style of game they played is predicated on playing with guys who can adequately get them the puck. Like uh, Philip Zadina, who's a straight-up shooter who just needs to get the puck at the right spots. He's. Have you seen Philip Zadina in board battles in the NHL? He's atrocious at them. That's never going to be his game. He needs to stay in the middle of the ice and get the puck when given it. Um, Athanasiu, he needs to get the puck at the right time while flying through the neutral zone. He needs people who can do that for him. That's the reality of who they are as players. So, yeah, it matters a lot in some cases. Philip Gastineau says, Yikes, boys. We're approaching year five of missing the playoffs, and the team is getting worse and worse. Give me your best dad jokes. Here are mine. Did you know French fries weren't originally made in France? They were made in Greece. <laughs> who was the roundest knight of the round table circumference oh god uh brad do you have one handy you must you have to you literally have to it's your job what do we want low flying airplane noises when do we want them now <laughs> okay my favorite one if you want just to go full ridiculous i'm going to teach you how to catch an elephant okay so here's how you catch an elephant you dig a giant hole, okay? Big enough to fit an elephant, obviously. You fill the hole with ashes, as many ashes as you can. It's got to catch an elephant, right? You take little green peas and you put them all around the hole, okay? Then when the elephant comes to take a pee, you kick it into the ash hole. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. Take a pee, kick it in the ash hole. It's not even, it's not even Christmas if we've devolved into this. <laughs> Oh, I've got so many more, but I'm so mentally out of it today. I am drawing a blank like you wouldn't believe. What do you call someone with no body and no nose? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. 
<laughs> oh man, what do you call a guy with no arms and no legs in the water? What? Bob. <laughs> Liz B Liz B says, "Could you eat 40 pizzas in 30 days?" Yeah, I could do it. Yeah, I definitely comfortably. Could. I ate half one during pre-show prep today. Joshua Bazura says, what's up, boys? Hopefully I made the cutoff for this one. Time for another pie-in-the-sky trade scenario. Comrie not being waiver-exempt got me thinking. Either Howard's injury is worse than we think, the more likely but less fun option, or maybe a trade is coming up. I was watching Steve's last uh, LFR, and he was talking about how they have to trade for a goalie and pretty much have to trade for someone with cap to get one. His pick for trade bait was Kerfoot. I don't think Howard could get Kerfoot one for one, but maybe we throw in a pick there as a sweetener. What do you guys think of that? I think having Kerfoot as your second line center and being able to put flip on the third with Perlini and Hiroshi could actually shore up some of the holes in the top nine pretty well. Granted, this scenario means scratching Nielsen and putting Lenny at 4C, so I know it's impossible. Still, just a thought. Keep up the good work, boys. I don't love Kerfoot above the third line, but he is an upgrade on the third line center, so as long as the sweetener we have to add isn't dramatic, I'm here for it. He's very young, right? I'm not wrong about that. Uh, 20, mid-20s. I really like uh, Kerfoot. I think maybe he's having a down year. Um, That being said... I enjoyed the trade for Toronto. I think, well, he's been a 42 and 43 point player in his first two seasons in the NHL Plays center. I would like it. I don't think Howard would be enough, but if Toronto believes they're a contender and Toronto has not won a single game with one of their backup goaltenders. And if we've seen anything in the modern NHL, it's that you need to have two viable goalies because you can't start Frederick Anderson, 60 games and expect him not to burn out in the playoffs. He could be at for kind of cheap. Counterpoint, seeing Jimmy Howard in a Leafs jersey would make me physically gag. <laughs> yes, it absolutely would. Um, Rowan says, good day, dud duds. Stone the flaming crows, what a mess we've gotten ourselves into. Plenty of punters, Adam and Eve, that mate Blash, Hill, Blash Fire Hill should hit the frog and toad. I'm Tom and Dick of not having any sausage rolls, but can only bubble bath at the gypsy kiss effort each night. Huh. Someone check on Rowan. He may have had a stroke. Someone check on me. I definitely had a stroke. <laughs> it was great to see Tyler Bertuzzi's dad, Todd, on the Wings broadcast the other day. <laughs> uncle, everyone, uncle. Uh, I'd like to see more of that. Did, did you know that he is Tag's granddad as Tag is Tyler's son? <laughs> Ask Evan if he knows all about that. <laughs> People are going to believe you, Rowan. Uh, usually reserved for playoff well, time when their Wings have been eliminated, but honestly, we have already been, uh, so I'm asking now, during this during these troubling times who is your side team no need to ask probationary constable rob we know you love the stars um who do i love as a side I mean, team? vegas is my side team but they're also crapping the bed right now yeah. and i've got a soft spot for the oilers because i just love watching mcjesus yeah I, I any game where i get to watch edmonton and if it's not edmonton i'll put vegas on other than that i'll just put on whatever hockey but no i would like to see uh i think vegas is a fun story still not um, you know and not a fan but and Carolina because Carolina I'm, because fun fun because fun yeah uh, Jersey time Boston's thirds came out last week judge them and I will in turn judge you for what you're you're probably wrong opinions okay so I have a super strong opinion on them yeah meh eh they do nothing for me either way I think aesthetically they're fine looking but they're disappointing in general i'm not huge fans of them they're not awful like they're not the worst jerseys in the world but i don't think they're that great they're fine as a one-off sweater but like you have such a storied history you could do better you know uh when you're a team saving up all of your goals for a season that actually matters and are rocking a league worst by double negative goal differential keep your goals hot and ready in a stay fresh cheese bag for stay fresh cheese bag ambassador and future red wing alexi lafreniere stay fresh cheese bags a fournier company and number one overall's choice 
All right, we'll take some uh, Reddit questions now. Uh, the top comment is from Loopdid. It's been a while. He says, we're playing a team uh, in my beer league that has a bunch of assholes, and the last time we played them, we were pretty chippy. What are some good ways they can get under their skin during the game as a defenseman? Never shut up. Yeah, just talk. All the time. Good. Bad. Sure. Constant. If you need inspiration, just watch a couple seasons of Letterkenny before the game, and you'll be golden. Um, no matter where you are, boom, slap shots. People's knees in the way, boom, slap shots. Don't shoot high, obviously. Don't yeah. be a jerk, but knees make, are the limit. Make them, make them have to block so many shots or get out of the way of so many shots they get annoyed. Like you're at a terrible angle, boom, the slap shot. You're behind the blue line, you're going to be offside if you shoot it, boom, the slap shot. Now I'm a big. Pro- Opponent of non-violence in beer league because I hate everybody with a passion that ever throws hits or cross checks or slashes in a beer league because if you do you're just an asshole. But if someone's standing in front of the net and you're there with them and you just wanted to keep like poking him in the back of the knees or in the ankles or in the lower back, like not to hurt him, just to like literally like a two year old kid, like I'm not touching you, but you actually are touching them. Mm-hmm. That kind of concept it would drive me nuts. Uh, Joe Cool Reed says Merry Crisco, Happy Hanukkah, and also Happy Low Boxinger Day. Unfortunately, Wings fans don't get to celebrate much until the draft lottery, hopefully in July 1st. Do you think that Jake Muzzin and Alex Petrangelo work will create too much of a long jam, log jam for a younger D-man next season? <laughs> also heard, uh, just heard that Jared McLidstrom is healthy again for Halifax. Do you think he pushes for a spot next season? No, not next season. He missed too much development time this year with the shoulder injury. Uh, he's still young. He's only 19. He's junior eligible again next year. No, he's... No, he's no longer junior eligible, but he'll that'll be his year in Grand Rapids. Yeah, the important thing for McIsaac is to have a huge year. Is he going to be on Team Canada? Uh, he might wear he's he might wear a letter on that team because him and Joe Valeno are actually going to be two of the re, the few returning players. I just remember that they were shaky about that because of his injury timeline. But if he's ready in time, because he played his first game uh, back from that shoulder injury just a couple, of they haven't ago. even started camp. He'll be on the team. Yeah. I'll be shocked if he's not. Valeno will be on the first line, and McIsaac will be in the top four for that team. So it's going to be a Fun year. I think to be a Red Wings fan watching the World Juniors because, on top of that, Bergeron should be playing for Sweden, I believe. Um, Cider will be probably captaining the Germans. Eliasson is probably going to be one of Sweden's goalies. Uh, there's going to be a lot there. Kevin Mackey will probably be yeah playing a decent role on Finland. So it's it's going to be fun. I don't think there's any Americans though that will be there for us. Will there? Hey, happy three thousand followers. Yay! You hit it through during the episode. Woo, look at me go. All right, so our goals, uh, me and Brad, 3,000 followers, we've each hit that. We're looking to get the podcast account to 3,500. If you don't follow at Winged Wheel Pod, go to at Winged Wheel Pod on Twitter. We're 13 away, and we want to get Evan to 2,000 before the new year. He's currently 91 away, so go to at Winged Wheel Pod on Twitter and then follow all of our accounts, please. It makes us happy. Darn Fox is, uh, aside from a Zadina comment, which we've covered, he says, why is Blashill scratching Hiroshi and not Nielsen, N, or Ernie? At least Hiroshi actually scored. I have no good idea. Look, I don't think Hiroshi's playing great hockey this year. I think he's actually been kind of disappointing. But you know who's been more disappointing? Nielsen, N, and Ernie. <laughs> uh, Adam Ernie's on, what, 23 games, and he's pulling the double Shahan right now or something like that? He hasn't registered a point, and he's getting power play time. 
Think about that. Power playtime. Uh, my family's moving as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are moving in with us? Sure. We got you plenty of space, but it's all full of boxes right now. That's fine. You can take care of the kids. Uh, I think we have time for a couple hashtag ask WWPs. I'm just going to navigate over there. But, uh, Brad, do a song and dance for YouTube. Oh, you can't. You have a... No. Zeebs says, could Helman Glenn Denning's repeated top line minutes be an attempt to showcase them for a trade? I mean, what else could it be? It could... It definitely is Blashill's Blashill being Blashill, but I do think there's merit to the fact that both of them have trade value. Not astronomically not, high. Not a lot, but some. Um, Iserbaz, hash asked, or ha- hashtag ask WWP. Does the acquisition of um, Comrie mean Jimmy Howard isn't back next year? Possibly try and harvest a third round pick for him at the deadline? Oh, Iserman will definitely do that if possible. And everything's fluid because if Comrie is garbage then plans change. But yeah, I think it's the plan is Bernier and Comrie next year and hopefully get like a mid-round pick for Howard, but it's all fluid and we won't know the answer probably until after the trade deadline. Yeah. With that, we're going to wrap up this week's episode to figure out what the commotion is upstairs. Thank you uh, everyone for listening. The month of December is going to be better in so many ways. We've also decided on a date for our Grand Rapids meetup, so stay tuned for that. Uh, We want to give a shout out to all of our listeners, all of our patrons our name level patrons, the people who make this show happen. Luke Johnson, Arjun Shanker, Clayton Van Dyken, Mike Reed, Aaron Tyler, brand new name level sponsor, Langabeer, Matthew M. Rice, Ryan Lewis, Sean <laughs> Levine, Matt McKay, Hannah Lee, Kaylin Wood, Jacob Turner, Charlie Elkins, John Evans, Rob Thiel, Craig Kibble, Stan Olson, and Ryan Lewis, and Simon Anderson. Thank you all so much. We love you. Brad is about to cough up his lungs. I have some more unpacking to do. And hey, maybe next time we talk, we'll be in our studio. (laughs) Brad, you ruined my outro. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.